1: Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu.
3: This week, my guest on the Velvet's Edge podcast is Justin Anderson, who is one of the top hair colorists in Hollywood with clients like Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Chelsea Handler, and Margot Roby. He is also the co-founder of successful hair product line Hue. As admirable as Justin's success looks on paper, it's also the story behind him that is just so fascinating. Being a gay man from a Mormon family with a passion for hair was not something Justin accepted about himself from an early age. And it wasn't until later in life when he finally accepted his dreams and decided that he would follow them at all costs that he found peace and success. Now with some of the most high-profile clients in Hollywood, Justin is not only their hair colorist, but also their relationship guru, giving some of Hollywood's hottest stars tips on how he found a successful relationship. He gives us insight into the top complaint he hears from women about their relationships, as well as what he thinks men really want from their partner. Honestly, the answer may surprise you. It did me. Here's Justin. Don't be nervous. (laughs) We just had the most interesting conversation and I gave you a mic and all of a sudden you were like, Oh my God, I'm nervous.
2: <laughs> I know That's always how it happens. It's like before the mic gets turned yeah. on. right?
3: <laughs> so I'm here with Justin Anderson. He is the celebrity hair colorist and co-founder of DP hair products. Now DP Hue house, which we'll get into later, but I'm so fascinated with you because I have so much respect for what you've done business wise, just as a hairstylist.
2: Thank you. I think you're super
3: savvy. <sighs>
2: Thank you. Let me just
3: mention too. He has. Some of the top name celebrity clients, I'm going to name a few. Tell me if I'm, I miss like some of the big ones, but Miley Cyrus, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jennifer Aniston, Chelsea Handler, Chris and Cavallari, which is how we know each other. Kaylin Bristow. I mean, basically, like, all the top Margot Bachelor Robbie, girls. Oh, well, that's a big one.
2: Yeah, we love her. Char- I just made Charlize Theron really blonde right before the Oscars. Oh, my God. Uh, so I've kind of, like, made a name in, like, the blonde world. Yes. But um, I do every color. I have to, like, tell people that all the time. You like, do? I do. I do every color. But if you think about it, I think it's just turned into, like, my most... Famous, well-known clients are blonde, you know. So yeah. I've kind of gotten the name as like the blonde guy in LA. Right. But I do lots of other colors, I and mean, I can't think of any right now. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, do lots of other shades <laughs> of blonde. <laughs> um, no, Molly Shannon is a brunette. She's um, the
3: one brunette I saw on your um, Instagram. Like, I went to look to see if you do any other colors. And I, I was like, oh, there's Molly. <laughs> well,
2: it's funny because like I'll actually get a lot of crap for it. Like on, so not a lot of crap. I, I, uh, I feel fortunate that I don't get a lot of like trash talk on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing people will say is like, gosh, do you do anything other than blondes? You know, right. And it's kind of like, if you think about it, like I'm a hair color, so people find me. Right. So it's like at a certain point, it's like, I think my very first celebrity client was Kirsten Dunst back when she was doing Marie Antoinette and the Spider-Man movies. And when you do, and Kristen Cavallari was like one of my first celebrity clients, you know? And I think when you're known for like those two people, immediately it's like, oh, he's the blonde guy. So then right. blondes just started trickling in and it's just, it kind of turns into that. And then cut to now I have uh, my own product line, DP Hue, which is all color-based products to take care of your hair color at home. And uh, my team here at DP Hue was like, Justin, we've got to like mix it up a bit. You've got to like show really? other types of hair. Um, just because it's like, of course I know how to do every type of hair and our line covers every type of hair. You know, I think we do the best with all of our blonde products right now, but we have products for all different types of hair. But yeah, it's been a challenge to kind of get different colors in my chair.
3: That's so interesting to hear because one of the things I, I look at you and I'm like, he's so smart because he really honed in on one thing. And especially in a market like LA, where it's so competitive, it seems like if you can specialize in one thing, you can really make a name for yourself. It's,
2: that's so true. And I really, really believe in that. And when I was strictly in the salon doing clients, I really did. I focused on that that blonde thing, you know? And when I used to go to hair shows and I would travel and stuff, they would always call me the blonde guy and every class that I taught was about blonde hair and stuff. And I was fine with that because I love it, you know, and uh, my background a little bit when I was a kid, I was obsessed with hair. I was fascinated with the way that the sun and the water kind of made hair blonde. Both of my parents are blonde and my siblings are blonde and both my parents surf. So we were always at the beach. So I was just fascinated with this blonde hair. So that's kind of what I got into. But then cut to having my own line. It's like I wanted to, of course, make products for everybody. Right. And um, I realized that Every hair color has issues. You know, brunettes who color their hair, they always complain about the red that comes into their hair. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you think about that. I have same that. issue, yeah. yeah. So reds and brass, so it's like we have a shampoo that cuts out brass out of uh, brunette hair, you know, and uh, you know hair. It's like uh, for blondes, it's like blondes turn yellow and kind of orangey, so right. like a purple shampoo is going to cancel that brass out of the hair, whereas uh, darker brunette tones pull reds, so... Um, The blue cuts it out so we have the blue uh shampoo which kind of cuts out that so all of our products take care of hair color like in between salon visits
3: right i love that about the the dp products that i did read a lot about that i want to talk a little bit about you first started you worked at other salons right how long did you do that and like have you always just done color
2: yeah i've always done color and um you know i was one of those kids that was um I was obsessed with hair my whole life like i was saying i really really loved hair color in particular i think growing up with two brothers um you know i have one sister but with my two brothers who were really really into sports and i grew up in a really big mormon family and it was super athletic everybody played sports and the whole family business was construction right so i had all these macho cousins around me <laughs> and stuff and then here i am like just like this little gay cousin that You're in like, my I head love hair. <laughs> yeah, i love hair and i love beauty and i love fashion and makeup and all that kind of stuff but i never got to talk about it when i was a kid and I went to college and I ended up going to college with like five of my best guy friends from high school. We all joined the same fraternity. I was going to frat Oh my God, I know. you were a frat parties. guy. Yeah, I was like a total frat boy. My mind is blown right yeah. now. Yeah, and it was this thing where it was like I was continuing this thing where I was suppressing who I really wanted to be. You know, I knew that I wanted to be in this hair world, but I was, I was so afraid of telling anyone. And all of a sudden it just hit me one day. I think I was literally like at a frat party, like trying to like fit in, you know, and, um, don't get me wrong. I love that. I love to department. I I've partied with you. Like I love yeah. a good party, <laughs> but like I was there and I was just like, what am I doing? And I was like, do I want to continue this for the rest of my life? Yeah. or do I want to like really right now think about what I want the rest of my life to be about. And I know that I want to somehow be in the hair world. And one of my best girlfriends from high school was in beauty school and I was so jealous of her. So the summer right before I went back to college, I called my parents. I remember they were in Hawaii and I was so fricking nervous. And I told my parents, you know, I'm not going back to college this year and I'm going to go to beauty school. Oh and my, my parents God. like lost their mind. My mom was so upset. Like she was so upset. And it was one of those things where it's like, all right, if this is what you want to do, you know, you're completely cut off. You're not cut off from the family, but cut off financially. We're not, you know, that you have a college fund. It's no longer cause you're not going to college. And, um, I got a job here in West Hollywood and, um, waiting tables and I put myself through, um, beauty school, but it's this thing where it's like, I really feel like I'm successful at what I do because I chased my dream, you know, I was
3: just going to say that. And you started at such a young age at owning yourself, right? How important is that? I think that's so important, especially in a creative business, just to, own what you love. That's kind of how you've gotten to be this blonde guy. Like, you're so good at blondes. Yeah. So, you own it. And now it's transitioned into having your own line. And yeah. explain to people what DP Hue
0: is.
2: So, DP Hue, we have a full line of products. I mean, I think right now we're working with close to like 40 SKUs. So, it's 40 different types of products. And all of our products take care of your hair color in between salon visits. So, color fading. We even have like root touch up sprays to cover grays that we're just about to I launch. Need that yeah ours are so good really we made it so that you can flip the nozzle back and forth so you have a finer spray or a thicker spray like if you want to do the roots or like just little right right around the temple the hairline Um, because I really believe that with hair color you shouldn't um, cover your gray hairs if you don't need to so if you can kind of like push it for longer you're better off so all of our products take care of color in between salon visits we're at all Ulta beauty stores which was like huge for us like really put us on the map because I think there's close to Thirteen hundred Ulta beauty stores, like actual stores, and then we're on um, Ulta.com, we're on Sephora.com, Nordstrom's, Anthropology, and so we're we're growing really, really fast. And um, it really was always my dream. Like like I said, I I wanted to be in hair, I wanted to be in the beauty industry, but I knew I always wanted to have my own line or something. You know, when I was a kid, I like weirdly would watch the home shopping network all the time and I was like obsessed with people pushing their products because I loved like the passion they <laughs> the had QVC. behind it I would watch it all the time when Love I was a kid this. like I was obsessed with it and in my head I was like I want to be on that one day and then cut to I did HSN for a while we've done it with DP Hugh and I hated it to be honest <laughs> um, but
1: <laughs> it was never what you think it's a, gonna be <laughs> yeah but it
2: was like a bucket list thing and I'm a really big believer um in you know if you know what you want to do you chase it you make it happen yeah and um we the only ones that can do that, right?
3: How do you not feel threatened creating a product that's going to keep people out of the salon though? It sounds like what you're doing is giving people ways to fix their hair color at home.
2: That's like the biggest. Okay. So when I was on Instagram, you know, you build this, this following and, um, I built a good following for a hairdresser. I'm not a celebrity. I'm a hairdresser, you know, and I've, I built this big following of people who follow me and they're all hairdressers. Right. And then all of a sudden I start to launch um, DPU and that I'm a part of this brand and whatever, what my message is. And a lot of hairdressers are like, what are you doing? You're pulling people out of the chairs and this is our business. And it's actually, I'm doing the exact opposite. I really, really believe that. I think that no one should actually highlight their own hair or actually color their own hair. I think you should always have a professional, right? Cause you need a professional eye. Right. You need somebody to kind of, um, to guide you through the process. But I really do think the thing that was missing was keeping your color looking really beautiful in between salon visits. So I'd have these women who would come in, I'd give them beautiful highlights, and then they leave in about two weeks later, just from water or the sun or how much we shampoo our hair, the, the color would start to fade. And you're not ready to go back to the salon two weeks later, but you should ha- be able to have like the tools at home to take care of um, your color to keep it looking good. And what that does for hairdressers, the longer our hair color looks good or our client's hair color looks good in between salon visits, they get more, um people ask them more like who does your color? It looks amazing.
3: Oh, I didn't think you know? about that.
2: And so it starts to build. So I say to hairdressers all the time, I'm like, you guys, we know the tricks. Like right. we need to teach our clients. It's like, yeah, you can gloss in between. I have a full line of at home glosses, right? They're not permanent color, they're semi-permanent, but like Um, if somebody colors their hair like a a dark, rich Brown and it fades after two weeks and I mean, the bottom line, people can't afford to go to the salon every two weeks, you know? So if we can give them these products at home to kind of maintain that color, it just makes our work look better, even longer. And I feel like the more you take care of your clients, I've always believed in this. The more I take care of my clients, the longer I can't get rid of clients, you know, now I'm not in a salon anymore. And so I would officially kind of like cut my clientele off and, a whole nother story but everyone was so upset but I feel like the reason I really maintained a really heavy clientele for a long time I always had waiting lists I was the biggest, busiest person when I was in the salon is because I really took care of my clients and I, by saying that I also mean being really honest with them if somebody comes yeah. in to me and they say hey I want my hair to be platinum and I'm like your hair will break off like we can't do it your hair is destroyed it can't be platinum blonde and if they say no 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 I want it I'm just like I'm sorry I won't be the one to do it and I said uh, you know you're gonna have to see somebody else What would happen? They'd go see somebody else. It would break off and they'd come back to me. And then all of a sudden that client would stay with me for 10 years. They were with me. You know, it's like, and I feel like people just, especially in the beauty world. I mean, you know this, we know uh we know what people need we know how far you can push it you know we know what color works on certain people if somebody's clearly like a beautiful brunette and they want to be super blonde as much as i love doing blonde hair i'm not going to do that if it doesn't work with their skin tone so if you're really really honest with people um they trust you i was just gonna say they just trust
3: you something i read that i didn't even think about but this is specifically blonde i think i deal with this with my highlights sometimes is that the products you guys use, like you create a clear base. Mm -hmm. So because blonde picks up everything
2: that's it's the craziest thing so like yeah when i will make somebody really really blonde and years ago when i first started doing hair i'd make people really really blonde and then like a month later they'd come back to me like gosh i loved it when i left the salon but now it's like it's not as bright you know or it's a little bit brassy and i'm like i swear that's not the color that i was doing and i was like what is going on and there was a really popular product out at the time which i won't name the name of it but it was an oil that everybody was using and it was a dark yellow oil you know it had like a you know what it is i know what it I'm not going to say it. I 100% it. Um, know what it is. Yeah, but everyone was obsessed with this oil and everybody was using it. Well, it's a dark pigment. It has like a dark yellow yeah, color, right? I would have so never they're putting thought so. it on their hair and it's dinging out yeah. the blonde hair. So then they'd come back and we have to bleach it out. So it's just like you're like constantly fighting this problem. And I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like blonde hair is essentially like a white t-shirt, right? Yep. It like has no pigment to it at all. If you wore a white t-shirt every day for six weeks, it's going to be yellow, yeah. you know? Um, and so all of our products, yeah, like for the blondes, it's all very color specific. Our oil, I believe oil is the best thing for hair. I think that, you know, the more we shampoo, the more we style and blow dry, we pull the good oils out of the hair and oil is what protects our hair. It's what keeps it like shiny, keeps it strong, but we strip all that oil out. So I think people should always add oil back into their hair. So our oil is completely, it's really, really lightweight and completely clean clear um fragrance so also adds a lot so all of my products keep color in mind you know
3: wait so fragrance adds a lot to like your hair too as so far as weight
2: f- what or what fragrance does and um nobody get mad at me these are just my opinions and we're all allowed to have opinions because yes. uh, some people love shampoos that smell really really strong right If you think about what a fragrance is, most of the time fragrance is backed by a lot of alcohol, right? Well, alcohol is going to pull color out of the hair. So I'm a very big believer in don't put really smelly shit in your hair. You know, put a a great smelling lotion on or put a great smelling perfume on. But in your hair, we want to keep our hair as clean as possible. Like clean and uh, we don't want to strip things, pull things out of it. We don't want to add a lot to it. One of my biggest things, I feel like people we've been taught since a young age, that you should shampoo every day. Like well, you brush your teeth every day, but you, and you should shampoo every day. Shampoo is terrible. It's like, I if, never you, shampoo. Yeah, if you had your favorite t-shirt and you threw it in the washing machine every day, it breaks down the fiber. Yeah. The shirt starts to tear apart. It loses its color. So one of our biggest seller, our biggest seller from the DPU line is the ACV rinse. It's an apple cider vinegar based rinse and it cleans your hair similar to shampoo, but it doesn't suds up. It's not a detergent. So it's okay. not pulling all the good oils out of the hair. And it doesn't Strip the color, so I tell people the more you can use the ACV rinse, and I realize that people are always going to want to use a shampoo. Maybe one day you want to have like a really clean head of hair. Um, I say the more you can use the ACV, the better, because it, it gives your hair a break from over shampooing.
3: So it, the actual product, though, so you know how people would say they shampoo so much because their hair gets so oily that it looks gross. So this ABC will take a little ACV, bit of that down? Apple
2: cider vinegar. Okay. Um, no so here's the thing about that I have I have, this is like my favorite topic in the whole world hey, I hope I, I don't it. bore people out <laughs> there but the thing is if you think about it we don't need to shampoo our hair like people way back in there they didn't shampoo their hair you That's know true. i this is gonna sound gross but i never shampoo my hair i only use ever. The Ace, ever shampoo my hair i'll shampoo it if i get highlights i don't like getting highlights that often or if i um when i go in to get a haircut most of the time i go to the haircut it, to get a haircut with wet hair but a lot of times if I, if I go in and I have to go from the gym or whatever, like I'll let them shampoo it, you know, Okay. but I only use the ACB rinse at home. And I swear to you, I do hot yoga every day. I'm a bit, I'm really big on working out. So I sweat every single yeah. day. My hair never smells. It never gets greasy. And I swear it's because I haven't stripped the good oils out of it. So when you stop shampooing, your scalp evens out, it's not producing so much oil. If you're stripping the good oils off of your scalp every day, it's going to start to overproduce because oh, it that. wants to compensate. I'm, also a firm believer and I never use chapstick. I haven't used chapstick since I was a kid. But if you think about it, the more you use chapstick, (laughs) your body gets used to it and then your body starts craving it. So you start getting chapped lips all the time. I don't wear deodorant. I'll only wear deodorant if I know that like I'm going, uh, when do I wear deodorant? Like if I was gonna do a big workout and I had to go somewhere right after, yeah. you know, like I'll use deodorant maybe like once a week, you know. But if you think about it, you put deodorant on every day, your body's gonna start to freak out and yeah. it starts to you sweat more in your armpits. Like it, it's gross, but you like but you start sweat to smell is okay. more. Okay. Sweat is sweat's yeah. good, but a, norm, to... but a normal but a normal amount of sweat. Right, right. You know, right. I just think that like our bodies are really, really smart and they know how to take care of themselves and we mess with it, you know. Yeah. Like with modern science, there's so many cool things that we've uh, we have now to take care of problems but like an oily scalp i really don't think is a real thing i think that if you started to train your scalp to just be rinsed like using the ACV rinse or um, rinsing your hair more after workouts you know um, I realize that when people have damage from hair color mm-hmm. you want to put conditioner through the ends and whatnot, or a really good oil but we do not need to shampoo our hair like we think we do
3: yeah I only I tell people all the time that I only shampoo my hair probably every seven days because I have extensions and people say like how do you take such good care of them because they mine last
2: forever Yeah.
3: but they're like how did you get up to seven days and I'm like you just do it yeah. I don't know, you just gotta stop and then train your hair and it, my hair does not get greasy
2: well it's going seven days I mean you have the trick imagine if you were washing yeah it every other day and i think you know not i think you'd know because you do know you're in this business but people wash their hair a lot it's crazy
3: to me every day people wash their hair and now
2: the crazy thing is with things like blow dry bars popping up everywhere people go and they get they pay for blow dry so they wash their hair they dry it a lot more and i'm just noticing a lot more breakage happening again really dry hair and it's people are washing and drying every day or every other day. And the real, real trick to really healthy hair, you know, Miley Cyrus is a client of mine and mm-hmm. I did Miley's hair when she was on the Bangers tour and it was completely platinum and it was really, really short. And when she wanted to grow it out, I we had this conversation over and over where I was like, you need to not wash your hair every, all the time. You need to not blow it out. It's really hard with celebrities because celebrities have to have their hair styled for work, right? right? Uh, Jennifer Aniston, a client of mine, and every time she does a movie or right now she's doing a TV show, and whenever she's working, I notice a total difference in her hair. And it's because it's being styled every day. All the heat day. styling. So it's all the heat styling. Yeah. So it's really, really not that hard. It's like if you get a good blowout and your scalp is pretty much evened out, making it last seven days is key. Like that's how you're going to avoid breakage. That's how you're going to keep your hair healthy. Your hair is so shiny. And I know that you color, you do highlights. Yeah. And, uh, but your hair is so shiny and it makes so much sense that you
1: don't blow it dry all the I time. Don't. Yeah. And I And
3: then don't shampoo.
1: Yeah. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more.
3: So obviously every client is different. You just mentioned a lot of your clients are on set all the time. Talk me through like what would happen when someone comes to sit in your chair because I feel like the reason people trust you so much is you are so honest. So what's one of the first things you look at in your client and what are you really trying to accomplish when they first sit down?
2: When they sit in the chair, you know, I I love my job because it sounds cheesy and I'm not trying to be cheesy, but like since I was a kid, like I I I loved when women felt beautiful, like yeah. I loved it. I loved watching my mom put on makeup and I loved seeing the confidence that she had when she had makeup on. Um, I loved beautiful women since I was a kid. I'm a gay man, but I love beautiful. I check out women more than I check out men, <laughs> just cause I love like a beautiful confident yeah. woman. And what makes a woman feel beautiful and confident is when they look their best, you it's know? True. And um, it's funny cause when I very first started doing hair, I kind of felt guilty. I felt like I'm in this superficial business that seems shallow to some people but it's really, really not. You know, beauty is such an important thing. And beauty is different for all types of people. But whatever makes you feel beautiful and f- makes you feel yeah. confident is amazing, right? So when somebody sits in my chair, I immediately look at them. I look at their eye color, their skin color. Um, I have a huge rule of mine. I never talk crap about other people's work I think that's such a so gross. it's such a tacky yes. thing if someone sits in my chair even if they say to me like oh my god my hair is destroyed the last girl who colored it like um look how bad these highlights are or whatever like I'll just be like no it's it's fine you know like Wh- whatever let's stick to what we're doing today you know um just because I think that's tacky like so hairdressers if anyone's listening out they're like don't talk crap it doesn't make you look better you know what I mean it doesn't make you look better to put down somebody else's work I agree you with know that. Um, so I immediately just start to look at what would look really good with, on them. And I'm very, very honest. Um, I think that a lot of people probably all over the country, but a lot here in LA want to be blonder and blonder and blonder. And a yeah. lot of times you get your first set of highlights, you walk around, and everyone's like, Oh my God, you look amazing. What did you do? And it's like, Oh, I did highlights and get, get, getting all those compliments and the attention for it makes you be like, Oh, maybe if I do a little bit more, you know, get more. So a lot of people who sit in my chair, they want more and more and more. And I have to talk them back. I have to be like, the reason that you don't feel like your hair." color is special anymore is because you have so many highlights in your hair that nothing's standing out.
3: Like there's no dimension. Exactly.
2: Okay. So the most, like when people show me pictures in my chair, it's always that contrasty, beautiful blonde yep. or like a Giselle, who's a beautiful brunette with like those, like, or your highlights, like you have the right touches of highlights. Yeah. There's all that contrast. And a lot of people just think more and more and more. It's like lip filler or, you yeah. know, it's like, I, it, it, girls real who, dangerous. yeah, all of that kind <laughs> of stuff. And so I feel like my job is to be the professional eye and kind of look at them and I have a very honest conversation with them and I have no problem saying, you know, maybe we're not a match, you know, it's like I think that you should be a bit more uh, natural and um, if you don't feel that way and you want to go much blonder, I'm not the guy for you. Um, because I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be my work walking around.
3: Right. So you have, you have these t-shirts that say I'm a cool blonde, Mm -hmm. which I love. They're so cute. Um, but do you think cool blonde, is that the way to go? Do you ever do something a little warmer, like more golden? So
2: I have, I have these sweatshirts and t-shirts that say I'm a cool blonde and it's kind of just a play off of, it could mean cool and ashy, like an ashy blonde, or it can literally mean, I really, it's just like, I'm a cool blonde, you know? Okay. And it's a funny thing. I think that people will like want to hate on blondes lately. Like, I feel like blondes get discrimination. Like,
0: really, I love and, blondes. No, and everyone
2: loves a blonde, but I mean, it's just like uh, whatever. We don't need to go into that. We don't need to get all <laughs> deep like that. Um, but so it's a it's a play. You on mean
3: like dumb blonde? Those just all things? that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. So
2: it's just like um, you know. I also yeah I think it's just I'm a cool blonde whatever but yeah. my thing is I actually really don't like ashy blonde I don't like don't. I don't like whites uh white blonde hair I don't like silvery blonde hair I don't think it's flattering I think that when you have like those funky silver colors you have to wear a lot of makeup your hair has yeah. to be styled. I like hair that can be effortless like I want a girl to walk out of a workout and her hair is messy or um wear messy hair like just her natural texture and it looks really really beautiful and when it looks the most beautiful is when there's good dimension in it and it's the right tones and it's like the sun and the water would never make your hair in ashy silver white some people can pull it off but they're usually like they have like that swedish blonde natural natural base so they can have those real white highlights so there's specific people who can have that really cool blonde color but a lot of times it just doesn't work for people so no i actually don't like that i think instagram's really messed that up you see ashy hair all over instagram yeah. and i so i get people bringing in these pictures and first of all there are a lot of filters you know so it's all about like lighting and then the hairdresser will put a filter on it because ashy hair essentially what it is white blonde hair is all the pigments pulled out of your hair right so when your hair has no pigment it's like an empty straw like that shit is brittle so it's just like these women who are going white 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 it just starts breaking away and then all of a sudden they're putting tons of extensions in right. and it's just like this battle Um, but every once in a while, it's a fun look. Like if I know like, uh, the skinny confidential is Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, Lauren, she has, um, a blog and everything. She wanted to go platinum white. And I know that Lauren is all about makeup and she does her hair and she wears the look right. And she's like, and I was like, Lauren, here's the thing. You like to keep long hair though. We can't forever keep you ashy blonde. And she totally got it. She's like, no, I just want to have like a moment of this. So I think it's fun to play with it, but for everyday style, I just don't think Ashy hair is really not flattering. If you think about a woman with like ashy hair, wearing no makeup or hair is not styled, it really washes you out.
3: It's so true. So I'm not a fan of that. I love (laughs) watching you talk about hair right now. You're so passionate. I get so excited. It's such an art. And I do think, I mean, that's like, we talked about you create these products so people can do stuff at home, but it is so important to find a hairstylist who looks at this, I think in the way that you're describing, which is just every client is different. You're going to really work with their natural tones and eye colors Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. How do you keep yourself inspired artistically? With this kind of stuff
2: you know it's really funny because i've been doing this job now for what 15 years right like how do you not um, burn out and now i um you know up until just recently i stopped doing busy salon days there were points where i was doing 20 clients a day in the salon you know back-to-back color clients and it was a lot and i was still having fun but i was getting burnt out but once i really started really getting into my brand dp hue and working on that and trying to do clients it was too much so i just recently kind of cut the All the clients out, and I just work with my really big celebrities, and I work with influencers to kind of promote the brand and stuff. But the way that I stay inspired, it goes back to that thing. Like I genuinely love what I do. Like I'm when I'm in the car and I'm driving into to work, and I'm gonna work on. I'm doing hair color at the time. I I'm happy when I'm doing hair and I'm highlighting hair. Like I'm happy. It's my happy place. I feel like I'm like painting and I'm creating, and so I feel really really. Fortunate that no matter what happens with this brand, I still get to do what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, um, it's been really cool to have the two worlds. I have the super business side, you know, we have a whole team now for DPU. I work with my CEO every day. I work with our, our marketing team every single day, you know, I'm on like conference calls and like, that's not my world. You know, I'm a creative yeah. person, you but I have
3: social team, yeah,
2: the social team, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I work with all that, but I'm so happy that I still get to do the creative side of it. Yeah. Like I'm really in my happy place when I'm working on it. So what that tells me though, is that I found the job that was right for me. You know, and it goes back to that thing of chasing your dreams and I'll talk to people who are kind of like, Oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to go to college. Maybe I'll just do hair. And I'm like, if you think I'm just going to do hair, like you're not going to be good at it. No, you know? it's like, you really have to have a passion because it's a tedious job. I mean, nothing makes me happier than doing a full head of highlights. And that's like tedious. That's like so picking tedious. up little pieces, but I'm in heaven. There's something about it that makes me so happy. If it's not your passion, that would be the biggest chore in the world, you know? And that's what I see. That's the time when you see sloppy work is when people are just kind of bored and they're trying like to rush it through in, it. you know, like I don't want to rush through anything. I'm a perfectionist because I absolutely love it. Well,
3: and I also think what you said earlier about wanting a woman to feel beautiful and really wanting to be a part of that experience. That's why I love doing what I do too, is when someone walks away and you can tell they feel so confident, oh, it's the best feeling it is in the, the world, best feeling, which also brings me to the next topic is, you know, when people are in your chair, a lot of times people say their hairstylist is like their therapist, right? Totally. Because you, and you're having these conversations, you're try, you're wanting them to feel beautiful. Part of that can be emotionally. So what let's talk about dating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you hear a lot about this in your chair?
2: It's my favorite conversation in the world. Yeah. I love to talk about it. <laughs> We've I, talked about it, which is why I wanted to about talk about it on the podcast. It's, um, it's my favorite conversation in the world because... I feel really, really fortunate that these women sit in my chair and they open up to me. Yeah. um, It's a funny thing. I'm actually not like a super – I'm not a super social person. Like I don't want to go to parties all the time and talk to a million people. I like to have one-on-one conversations with people. And so I like to sit in a chair and really get deep. I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about anything – really i don't want to just make conversation just to make conversation the only really bad thing i want to talk about is housewives i love talking about the housewives i can talk about that always (laughs) oh it's like my favorite (laughs) my favorite talk to talk about but i want to get deep so i really like to talk to women i want to hear about relationships and because of that i really do feel like i've turned into this like i really understand the way uh, a relationship works and I really yeah. hear things that and i it's not like I've never been in a bad relationship before I've been in a very bad relationship like in my 20s you know that was not right for me that I learned from that but I've learned the most from my clients I really pay attention to clients who are genuinely happy in a relationship mm-hmm. and then I really listen when people are having issues in their relationship and I've gotten to this point now where I can really hear both sides oh that's and, interesting yeah and I really um I'll never be a man hater or just like hate on a man. I really, if a woman is complaining about her husband or her boyfriend, I really like to ask them like, what do you think is making them act this way? Because I think that like men, first of all, just want to be heard. Men are really, really simple, right? Men want to be heard and they want to be support. They want to feel supported. Okay. And I think that the biggest thing that's missing in relationships, this is my biggest I thing love in the whole this world. Right now. My biggest thing is uh, vulnerability. If, yes, you are, if you are in a relationship and you are 100% vulnerable and authentic to who you are, you it opens up so much more of a chance for you to be in a healthy relationship. I think that all of the issues that come from relationships are when people are trying to hide who they really are, when they're trying to be something that they're not to make the other person happy, or if they're in a relationship and they're trying to change that person. You can't change people, right? Right. So it's like you think about my idea of who i wanted to be i'm gay shocker (laughs) Uh, but my idea of the kind of guy that i want to be and when i very first started dating you know my early 20s i always thought like oh i want to be with like a successful guy with Mm -hmm. a lot of money like maybe he's gonna have this huge personality and like whatever and i did i dated that in my 20s and it turns out like he was a bit of a narcissist he did really really well lots of money he was on tv and um I quickly realized that that wasn't my partner cut to I'm with my boyfriend. Now we've been together for five years and he's the exact opposite, but it's exactly what I need. And it's kind of that thing. Like I always tell women, it's like, you know, sometimes we have this idea of what we want in our head. You've and said this to me. You really don't know what you I know. want. Like when my boyfriend now, his nickname is Scooter, but like when Scooter and I very first met, I was like, okay, first of all, he's 12 years younger than me. He's gorgeous. <laughs> he's, so he's, he's so cute. He's so, and I was like, there is no way this is going to yeah. be a relationship. But I was, two years out of a big breakup and I was getting ready to date and he came into my life and I was telling my sister who's my best friend I was like you know I'm gonna go on a date with him but it's just for fun and like whatever you know and we went on a date and all of a sudden I was like whoa this guy's really really great you know and all of a sudden cut two, five years later we've been together and I've really learned a lot from this relationship it's like I needed somebody like him you know he's like
3: tell me more about that what do you think exactly about that works or this relationship works
2: what it honestly is is he lets me be exactly who I am I never feel like he tries to change who I am so I have this job where I talk to my whole team of people all day long I talk to my clients it's a very social job and I go home exhausted in my last relationship my more toxic relationship I would go home and my ex would say like what's wrong why are you being quiet like and he would make it about him and I'd say no babe I just had a really long day I came off of doing 20 clients like I just need like an hour to kinda of decompress and he would take it personal and it would always turn into a fight. He's like, I don't get it, I haven't seen you all day, you came home and now and um it 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 was making me crazy. That's what we fought about all the time.
3: Really it was nothing about him, you had were just nothing depleted. to do with him.
2: Cut to, now yeah. I'm to scoot. Yeah. I come home from work after a long day and he'll look at me and he knows he's like, Oh babe, you had a long day, didn't you? And I'm like, Yeah, and he's like, Take your time. Like, he lets me do my own thing. We'll sit in our own kind of rooms and then all of a sudden we'll like revisit each other in the living room. Where we like hold hands or watching a TV show. And it's like he's just really comfortable and he he trusts when he when I say babe, it has nothing to do with you, he listens. He doesn't challenge it, you know? Um, also little things like my boyfriend is not a very social person. Like he's not a big personality. He's also he would go to a party And he'd want to sit in the corner and chat with one person He loves to connect with people But I could never say things like babe you need to be more outgoing or like why didn't you talk to so-and-so or Because that's not who he is. Yeah. And I really really accept that, you know, like we go to party parties and we do our own thing We're not we're not clinging on to each other. I think it's really important to really keep your independence you know, um, be really, really comfortable with your partner. I was watching the view the other day and I love the view again. Cause it's like women's conversations. I love, you so much. I love the freaking the view. view in the house. Bus. I love it. I love women. Like, I yeah. love women's conversations. And, uh, so I was watching the view the other day and they were talking about something that happened on Vanderpump. So random and Stassi, who I love on that show. Yeah. I think she's hilarious, but Stassi and her boyfriend were getting this big fight where she wanted him to leave a party that he wanted to stay at. And they were talking about like, do you, what do you guys, Think they're opening up the conversation. Some of the women were like, Absolutely, like if you want to leave a party, your partner should go with you. And the other women were like, What if they want to stay at the party? Let yeah. them stay. And I was literally like, If you're with a man and you're at a party and he wants to stay at the party, you should 100% feel comfortable going home on your own or vice versa. And there are nights where my boyfriend wants to go out to dinner and I'm not in the mood and he lets me stay home. Like letting that person be who they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just
3: such a respect for each other and comfortability. I think it comes from a lot of confidence though.
2: Confidence. And the thing that's so freaky is if you are in a relationship where you don't trust someone and you're looking into their computer or you're checking their phone, You can't be with them. You just can't because the amount of anxiety and stress that that starts to cause on you. I mean, you've been cheated on. Yeah. Devastating to you. Yeah. And now you'd be so aware of those signs again, meeting another man. The only thing that you can't do is let that completely put those walls up again where you don't trust.
3: Well, and I think what you said is so true. If you're, if you can't trust and you're feeling that insecurity immediately, I think, we instinctually go to, okay, I'm gonna make myself better. I'm gonna be this perfect person so that then they'll act differently and then I can trust them. And that's just not nothing, how it works. It has nothing to
2: do with that. Yeah. And a guy cheating, I 100% believe that it's an insecurity on their parts. You know, yeah. it's like, um, I'm a very sexual person. I'm a Scorpio. I love sex, I yeah. love flirtation, I love all that kind of stuff but I don't need it to feed my ego. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's because my boyfriend takes care of that, or if I've gotten to a place in my life, or I've always been a pretty confident person, but I think that people cheat when they um, get off on the ego, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that it will never go away that we want to be flirted with. You know, if you go to a party and yeah, let's say you're good. in a really happy relationship and some guy flirts with you, it feels good. And like I was saying, my boyfriend's gorgeous. And we'll, if we we never go to gay bars. But if we go there and guys are checking them out or they come up to him and they flirt with him, I swear I'm the most jealous person in the world <laughs> Like uh, in most areas. You yeah. know, like I'm real protective and all that kind of stuff. But it like it turns me on. Like it makes me excited. You know,
3: you're confident in y'all's relationship. And
2: it's like, I see that. And it's like, um, it, it doesn't bother me, you know? And like, I don't get in the car after I'm like, wow, you were really talking to that guy. Like go for it. Like flirt. It's sweet. You know, as long as you feel confident in your relationship, but, I totally um,
3: get that. And he's going home with you. exactly. What's the one thing you hear most women say like consistently about men or dating like over and over and over?
2: I think the biggest complaint that I hear is women saying, I wish my husband was more blah, 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 or I wish my husband didn't do this. And I really, that's when I really just kind of stick, step in. I just ask them the questions like, that's who you're dating though. And you knew, was he like that when you very first started dating? Like, yeah, he's always been like that. And I'm like, he's always going to be like that. You know, like we genuinely are who we are at the core, you know, it's like, um, like I was saying, like my boyfriend is the sweetest guy in the world. He doesn't want to rule the world. Like I want to rule the world. I want to have a really big life. I, I like nice things. I like to take care of my friends. I want to make a lot of money and I have no shame in saying that it's, um, again, it's not an ego thing. It's just, I'm driven by like, um, uh, money and thinking I like business and all that kind of stuff. But my boyfriend will never have that. So if all of a sudden I start saying, you know, like, uh, like, Scoot, why aren't you, you know, working hard in this? Why aren't you like chasing more of these dreams or why aren't you bringing in more money? Like, that is not important to him and it never will be. Like, it's that's
3: such a good point.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Not yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah.
3: (laughs) No, but it truly is. I think we all go into it and you just need to look at who that person is at the Mm -hmm. beginning because that is who they are.
2: And you pay a lot of attention at the beginning of any Mm -hmm. relationship. You know, my parents stayed together my whole childhood and they got divorced after. But then now they're kind of like... seeing each other again, (laughs) you know, but I remember when I was a little kid, you know, like I love paying attention to people. I really pay attention to people. When people talk, I really listen and I like to really get to know people. I think that's why I like the housewives because I like people's conversations and I like thinking or thinking about what makes a person tick, you know? And so I remember when I was a kid, I paid a lot of attention to my parents. Even when I was like a six-year-old kid, I would listen to my parents' fights. I love to go like put my ear up against the door and like listen. And I remember just being like thinking like, these are two people who, yeah, they are attracted to each other and they love each other and they have kids and everything, but like they're not meant to be together. And I think that it's one of, the, and I say this stuff to my mom, I'm close with my whole family and we all talk about everything, but like, you can be attracted to people and you can have amazing sex with people you can have a lot of fun with people but to be in a relationship if you want to be in a relationship with someone the everything kind of needs to add up mm-hmm. for it to last forever if you want forever i'm also totally cool with people who have multiple relationships you know like I said I'm from a Mormon family Mormons stay together forever no one ever talks about divorce but I look at people who are in relationships and they're not happy and I'm like this is our one shot like this is all we got and I know the thing that makes me feel the most comfortable is like knowing that I get to go home to someone that I genuinely love and I'm never walking into a toxic environment like my home is really happy we really listen to each other and um that's important. Like you're not going to change somebody. And
3: don't you feel like because he accepts you, it actually makes you the best version of yourself because you're accepting that yourself just as well. <laughs> it's true though, no, right? it really
2: does. And it's like, I'm such a strong person. I like to take care of people and I never want to be the one that needs help. And that's actually something that I've had to learn over the years is being vulnerable. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to feel lost. It's okay to feel uninspired. You know, like mm-hmm. I really do wake up like inspired and I'm excited and I want to get a lot done. But we all have those times when we're not. And I... I really feel like I have a partner who he does not judge me. And it's like, that could almost make me like cry. Cause it's like, I think about him, like I never feel judgment from my partner. And I know that I have a partner that like loves me unconditionally. And there's nothing that feels better than that. You know? And it's like, I know he doesn't want to change who I am. I'm a moody son of a bitch. Like I'm like, <laughs> you know, like the good thing about my moods though, is like, I will always own it. I think yes. that people are allowed to be moody if they just own it. You know, you can't walk into a room and be in a bad mood and treat everyone like shit. Right. You know, like, if I'm in a bad mood, I'll kind of keep to myself. And if someone catches on to that bad mood, I'm like, yeah, I'm just in a bad just mood, like this time. happened or whatever. You know, if you can own it. But um I really feel accepted. I feel supported. I,
3: does he accept your love for Britney Spears?
2: uh He totally does. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Britney Spears. I'm, I'm staring at a big,
3: huge poster <laughs> yeah. of Britney. We're in, in, in my office. office at
2: the DP Hugh <laughs> House in LA, and I have a huge. Picture of Britney Spears above my desk. I love Britney for so many reasons, Tell and that could be a whole nother podcast because <laughs> I could talk about her all the time. But when I first met my boyfriend, like I said, he's a lot younger than I am, and he didn't understand the appeal to Britney Spears because it wasn't his, wasn't generation, his generation, you know. So it's like for me, it was like junior or high school was Britney Spears came out, and it was this huge thing. And it's like I love her. I love Same. I love the power behind her. I love the um, the snake. The, the ups and downs. Yeah, all of that. You <laughs> the know, ups like, and downs. I mean, loved- I
3: would have been like Britney too. I got famous at her 100%. age 100% shave the shit out of my head yeah. yes
2: you, you think <laughs> about that I mean that was she was in a time where paparazzi was huge and people were being chased around all the time I remember I worked at this really busy salon here in Beverly Hills and it was at that time of Lindsay Lohan Paris Hilton Britney Spears and it was that paparazzi time and outside of the salon you you would open the door if a celebrity would open the door of the salon, it was a mob of lights Seriously? just flashing, screaming, and it was this eerie feeling. You'd watch this little tiny petite girl, like you'd watch Nicole Richie walk out the front door of the salon at night after getting her hair done and for hours. She'd walk out the front door, and it was just screaming men, like screaming at her, also saying nasty things like to try and get a reaction. A pack of yeah, so imagine like. No one's taught to deal with that, so that I love Brittany for those for those reasons. Um, How are you
3: doing since she's been in this? What 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 would she call? What is she calling it? An emotional?
2: A mental health facility? I want that. Me too. I think we all need to go to a (laughs) mental health. Oh my
3: god, it sounds amazing.
2: Um, I you know it's funny it it actually affected me a lot (laughs) because it's like I feel this connection to um, Brittany. You know, like I said, um, I think the most masculine thing about me is I love to take care of women. I'm very, very protective. I'm not a fighter. I'm not violent at all, but I've been known to almost get into fights at bars when I'm with girlfriends because I don't like when guys mistreat women. So I'm very, very protective. And I think that my love for Britney over the years, I just feel protective of her.
3: She's like your little sister. So
2: I'm just... I go to this place where it's like when you hear about something happening with a certain celebrity it's like when Michael Jackson was going through all that crap right before he died you were kind of hearing about it and then all of a sudden boom I remember I was in the salon one day and all of a sudden it's like oh my god Michael Jackson just died and it's like that feeling where it's such an instant thing so yes my mind sadly goes to this weird place like if something happened to Britney I would be a mess
3: you'd have to take a mental health break I really would I
2: would have to check myself in somewhere I mean this is so (laughs) cheesy but it really is it's just that that Britney's my girl
3: (laughs) Uh, I think I love her too I mean it is I think it's a generational thing but we've just grown up with her yeah I love that. Okay, so what's next on the horizon for you? I know you have a couple. Do you have a couple new products you want to tell us about? We
2: have a boatload of products that are coming out that are launching in the spring right now um, from DPHU. Lots of amazing things. You can check them out on the website, dphu.com. But then the most amazing thing that you and I have in common is Kristen Caballero. That's how we met. and We both love her so much. Um, But Kristen and I collabed on this new product that is coming out within the next month. And what it is, is a product that you can use in the sun to lighten your own hair naturally. Now, I know that freaks a lot of people out at first, and it should, because not everyone should use it. If you don't have dark hair, you shouldn't be putting this product at your roots. It'll turn your hair um, like an orange color. But if you want light tips on your hair, you can paint this product through like the ends of your hair if you're a brunette. And it kind of naturally lightens them when you're in the sun. But if you have more natural, if your hair is a little bit lighter naturally, like mine or like a Kristen's um, or my sister's, you know, you can kind of paint it around your hairline to make your hairline a little bit brighter. That's you can cool. kind of touch up your highlights. But the cool thing about our product is it comes in a brush that you click the brush and the product comes out of the brush so you can strategically place it where you want. So this thing, the idea is like if you're at the lake or you're at the beach or you're by the pool and you jump out of the water at water and your hair is wet, you kind of like place the product where you want it to be lighter. And then when you're out in the sun, it just naturally lightens. It's not going to make you platinum. It's not going to make you overly blonde. Again, this is the kind of enhance what maybe the salon has already done. Right. Or if you have natural hair that you're not quite ready to highlight yet, but you just want to like naturally enhance it, you place this product on and it lightens it. But so I'm smart. so excited. Since when I was is a- that
3: coming out? Out.
2: That's coming out like within the next month, but it goes back to this thing. Kristen, and I've been friends, you know, since Kristen was like 17, I've known On Laguna her beach, yeah, right? Laguna beach was when I very first met her. And so Kristen's like a little sister to me, but we've always talked about, you know, those products. I don't need to name any of them, but there were a lot of products when we were kids that you would spray mm-hmm. into your hair. And the product, the problem is, as you spray that on your hair, you don't want your whole head to turn one color. You know, we want like strategic pieces. Natural highlights. highlights. So this is where you can kind of place it strategically where you want it. And then also I've added a toner into the formula. So it's a deep purple pigment and purple cancels out orange and yellow. Oh, so you
3: avoid the brassy. So
2: a lot of those products back in the day, we'd spray them all over our head and our head would turn yellow or our hair would turn orange. But now you can strategically place the product and it has the toner. So it'll take out any yellow if you... Pull yellow like my hair doesn't really pull yellow. Like I can put lemon in my hair and it'll turn like a beigey color, you know, when I'm out in the sun. Uh, but the purple protects that.
3: So smart. Yeah. So people can go to dphue.com and then also you said Ulta. Yeah,
2: we're at all Ulta beauty stores, Sephora.com, Nordstroms.com, Ulta.com, and then um, dphue.com. So
3: smart. And then also people can see you on Very Cavalieri. Oh my God. We haven't even talked about that. How have you felt about being on season two?
2: Um, is it weird? N- it was, it's so, f- it's so fun. You know, it's one of those things where it feels really, really natural to me because Kristen is a really good friend right. of mine, you know, and I would do anything for Kristen. And when we talked about me coming onto the show to do little different things, you know, it's like, of course, there was a part of me that was like, oh my gosh, what if I look like a total dork or what if it feels forced? And I think my biggest fear, I love reality TV and I have no shame in saying it. I think reality TV is a lot of fun. I hate when yeah. people talk crap about it because I think reality tv you need to think of it as i feel like we've all learned so much from reality tv if you really think about it i feel like reality tv has made the whole country more comfortable with gay people i think that's a that, good point and no it's like i was actually at um, a dinner of the night with two really big celebrities. I'm not going to name drop. And also I can't share this conversation, but they were really big celebrities, of movies, movies and TV. And they were talking about reality TV and they were kind of like trash talking reality TV. And I think that's the norm. People being, oh, I don't get this reality TV. I don't get why people watch reality. Or TV. people
3: are just trying to be famous. Yeah. And yeah. they
2: kind of look down on it. But I really like look at the positive side of it. Like I feel like I learn, again, you learn a lot about relationships. You you really, if they are real, of course some of them are staged and by all means you can hate the super, super staged ones. But um, I like reality TV. So anyways, when Kristen was talking me about it, my biggest fear since i watched reality tv my biggest fear was being the gay sidekick on a reality show like i oh, hate yeah. when they're like on the housewives and you see like the gay ha- hairdresser just totally. like <laughs> blowing out the hair and he's just got like the one-liners and it's like oh you know like whatever like the funny sassy gay guy you know and it's like i just i was like i and no hate on anyone it's just like i didn't want to do that you yeah. know so um it was important to for it to be known that like i'm a friend of Kristen's, you know so we did the first episode here inside the house i colored her yes. hair and our conversation was authentic you know and My fear was that it wouldn't feel authentic. And when I watched that first episode, I was like, wow, that was cute. It was just our conversation, you know? And then the next episode, I went down to Nashville. And again, before I watched it, I was super freaked out. I'm like, am I going to look like an idiot? Like whatever. And I watched it and I was kind of like, you know, that's sincere. It's authentic. It was just you being you. It was our real conversations. And my friends who I'm really, really close with text me, and even Kim Basinger texted me the other day, and she's like, I watched you on Cavalier, and she's like, you were literally yourself. She was like, it was the funniest thing. She was like, that's you, you know? And it wasn't like I had to try to, but I'm sure you experienced this, but, like, you forget the cameras are there. I forget I'm mic'd up, like I really do. And that would be my problem if I ever did a lot of reality TV, I would say too much.
3: (laughs) Yeah, because you do, I think, and especially the more comfortable you are in the scene, which when we're all together, it is just friends hanging out. But I feel exactly the same. As long as I look like myself, I kind of don't care what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I think it also, I do agree, a lot of people hate on reality TV, but it goes back to what you were saying earlier about vulnerability in relationships. If as long as I'm showing my real side, like I've found for me, it's a great way to connect with people.
2: That's so true. Yeah, I've
3: connected with so many people who I never would have, even if it's just via social media. Who they're like oh my god i have the same story as you you know it's been such a cool tool for me of connecting
2: Ex- i love that because i think that that is i think that that's all that humans want nowadays i think that's why social media is so yeah. um, big now is because people feel connected but then it's almost making us more disconnected because now people are making their lives look perfect on instagram right. they're only putting the best versions so if reality tv is similar to instagram but you're seeing much more of it and you're seeing the reality and you're seeing the ups and downs. I like that. I think that people are like, wow, I fight with my husband like that. Or I've had that conversation with my best friend before. And I think that that actually does make us feel connected, you know? Totally. Um, So I really, really, I I like it. I also think it's like, if you were like, it's funny because my sister and, my mom are the ones who I share a lot on Instagram, Insta stories. like yeah, I'm, not afraid of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid of showing a lot, but like, it really is that thing. Like I'll share like a vulnerable side of myself. Like I, I feel this way. I'm, depressed or whatever and you get all these people writing you messages like thank you you made me feel better like I see your life and you work with these big celebrities and you live in Beverly Hills and to hear you say that makes me feel good and it sounds so freaking cheesy and like kumbaya and like you're I'm trying to be inspirational right now but I'm really not I just like, I I wish that I had that when I was in high school. You know, when mm-hmm. I was struggling with being a gay man and coming out in a family where I didn't know any gay people. The only gay people I saw were on The Real World on MTV. Oh, yeah. So for me, it's like, I remember I was obsessed with The Real World. And looking back on it, I was obsessed with it because it's like, it made me feel normal. It made me feel like, you know... And, um, so I think the more and more we get of that if, and if reality TV gets more real, I just think it's another way to connect. And I love that. I don't think anyone should feel alone. I remember feeling so alone when I was in high school and junior high and had I had YouTube or Instagram where I could look on Instagram and see cute, happy, gay relationships. You know, you yeah. think about someone like Nate Burkus and Jeremiah Brent, like they have a kid and if you were a kid a gay kid in the middle of the country, you could look at their Instagram and be like, I want to aspire to that. Like, yeah. They're, it's aspirational. They're, yeah. And, yeah. um, so I think there's something very beautiful about that.
3: I agree. Speaking of Instagram, where can people find you on Instagram? Cause you are so fun to follow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, my personal Instagram where I'm just kind of like a dick and myself. And I just like, (laughs) I want to make people laugh and I want to connect with people. And I really do like, I, do you answer to everyone on Instagram as much as you can? I I really love it. I mean, I feel like if I wasn't going to do that, I wouldn't have Instagram because it's like, I like to talk to people and I, you know, I can't do it all day long, but it's like, I kind of give myself a time at the end of the day at night while I'm laying in bed, I answer a bunch of people and I write to them or whatever um so justin anderson it's at justin anderson on instagram is where i just do all my fun life and stuff and there is some of my work there but then strictly work is justin anderson color and that's all my hair photos oh cool yeah it's just um and that one now has beat my other one in numbers oh, wise. Really? so it's, it's more followers on that one so it's but it's just um strictly hair just
3: and, and then dp Hugh has an instagram too yeah, right
2: Yeah, dp Hugh has an instagram that's growing really really fast i'm super proud of it um uh it's dphu on instagram d p h u e And, um, that's where like all of our products are explained and any new launches and promotions. And we do a crap load of giveaways. So this, Mm -hmm. where we're talking right now is at the DP Hugh house and it's this house up in Beverly Hills behind the Beverly Hills hotel. It's a beautiful house. I feel so fortunate to work here, but we just bring in influencers and we work with them with our products and we try out all of our products on their hair. It's a space where I try all new products that I'm trying before they hit the shelves and, um, but what we do on Instagram is we do a lot of giveaways where we like, we'll have, we're like, we do a giveaway and we fly people here constantly. So I fly oh, people cool. in from all over the country and I work with them. I do their hair if they win the giveaway. And, um, again, it's just, it's all about collaboration and yeah. connecting. And, um, so DP is a good follow for all that. <laughs>
3: So follow Justin on all his Instagrams, and also make sure you tune into Very Cavalieri. We're going to Mexico soon. Oh my and he's God. Like, That can't. That's gonna be a. Show that's that show. I'm
2: actually nervous about because it's like all There's I remember. Uh, yeah, all I remember is carrying Kristen and her like full ass was hanging. Her full out. full ass. Did yeah. you see
3: that the last the Very Cavalieri just posted a sneak peek of that. And she's going, my ass is out. My yeah. ass is out. I mean, it
2: got so crazy. but Oh, so, so much fun, fun, though. Yeah.
3: I can't wait for you guys to see. Thank you for doing this. Oh, my gosh. Thank so you. I love you. This is, you. is so fun. Know, We're going to we have to do, do so much big. more
2: together. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favorite.
3: Same. All right. Thank you guys for Bye, listening. Bye, Bye. This is Kelly Henderson, and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge. So it's so important to remember that to be strong, you must be soft too. Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening.
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with Cheap Caribbean Vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at
1: cheapcaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.